0: Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace here on your Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm here with my co-host, Thomas Clements.
1: Good morning, good morning.
0: Good morning, Thomas. And we are broadcasting live to you from the AM 1160 studios here in Roswell, Georgia. Um, we thank you for being with us. So once again, as always, we are shelter and peace because we feel like you probably need some peace right now.
1: Yeah, very much so. <laughs> you need some yes, peace, Thomas? <laughs> I do. I could use some peace.
0: <laughs> yes. I think our whole world could really use some peace. And so that's why we started this this show. And that's what we continue to do is we really want to offer you just a place to come, receive some peace, receive the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, receive the hope that He offers, and um, and maybe help you to uh, not only find that peace and that hope, but also be reminded of your own baptismal call and Amen. grow in in holiness, grow in Amen. yeah, Amen. grow that, in what He's calling you to and do. That
1: peace He gives it really like it's not without struggles, but it it helps us to kind of maintain that 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 peace even throughout those struggles, and it's. It's better than anything this world can offer.
0: It definitely is. Um, and so today we're going to be talking to, about somebody who probably did go through some struggles, right? But, oh yeah, big yeah, struggles. But he stayed, uh, he maintained a, just a beautiful, holy boldness in the midst of that. So we're going to be talking about John the Baptist today. Um, so, but let's open with prayer. And actually we're choosing to open with prayer this morning by by quoting from the book of John and um, John 1, starting at John 1, 6, where... Um, John is actually writing about John the Baptist. It's such a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, verse, bunch of verses right there. John six through one six through nine, and so we're going to open with prayer and just pray, praise these verses back to God. So, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you that you do call each of us in just beautiful and unique ways, and we thank you for the call that you put on John's life even before. Um, he was in his mother's womb. And as we, as we read in John 1, um, John 1, 6, a man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world." Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you did send your son Jesus, the true light, into this world. You sent him to be the one who would call us out of darkness. And Lord, right now when there is so much darkness in this world where there is so much maybe even darkness in our own hearts, we just ask for you to send your light. We ask you to continue to shine your light in ways that will lead people out of the dark darkness, that would give them hope, that would give them peace, um, that would call them to your truth. We thank you for all of this. We thank you for um, St. John the Baptist. And of course, we thank you for your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So listeners, as you just heard, we are going to be talking about John the Baptist, and the reason we're talking about him is because this past weekend we just actually celebrated the Feast of the of the Passion of John the Baptist, which was on August 29th, and some of you who may be um, more attuned to the, the liturgical calendar may, may say, wait a second, I thought we just celebrated a Feast of John the Baptist.
2: Exactly. Right,
0: and we mm-hmm. did, right? we fe- We celebrated the Feast of John the Baptist on June 24th, which was actually the Feast of his birth, and that's a kind of a really big deal. I know places like Canada even have really huge celebrations around
2: that. Wow,
1: yeah. and interestingly enough, uh, besides Jesus and Mary, John the Baptist in the Catholic Church is the only other person, uh, whose both his birthday and his death day, his feast day. Uh, his martyrdom are, are celebrated, which is, you know, very interesting.
0: That is interesting. Yeah, so we've got two feast days for him. That's <laughs> exactly. really cool. Thanks, it is. Thomas. So in order to set the foundation for us, um, set the foundation around John the Baptist and give us some just beautiful teaching and and um, information about John the Baptist just to really edify us and and Phyllis, and um, we have got a beautiful um, priest here who's been serving the Archdiocese of Atlanta for quite a long time, um, who has agreed to come and be with us. Um, interestingly enough, I asked my pastor, Monsignor Joe Corbett. I asked him um, who. Who would should I talk to about John the Baptist? And he said, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you have to talk to Father Ed Daneker. Oh, wonderful! That's awesome! Yeah. yeah. So Father Daneker, um, he said he talks about him and his John the Baptist in his homilies all the time. So I called Father Daneker, and he was so kind and gracious. And even though he's about to celebrate Mass at noon, he said he would come on. The, the show with us, and speak to us about John the Baptist. Um, so Father Daniker, who is originally from Pennsylvania, he has been serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta as a priest for 56 years, wow. and continues to serve. Father, we, welcome to Shelter in Peace. We are so glad you are here with us today.
3: Well, thank you for asking me.
0: So we, um, so 56 years as a priest in the Archdiocese, that is incredible. What, um, thank you so much for your service. Um, yes,
1: thank you, Father.
0: Oh, so beautiful. Um, so, Father, you know, as we get started, a lot of our listeners are always fascinated by our priests, especially someone like you who has been serving for so many years, um, just to understand what what called you. You know, we, we just read about how, how John was called even before his birth. Mm-hmm. What called you to become a priest? Well,
3: uh, I guess it was my parents' uh, devotion, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they were uh, always uh, very uh, good Catholics, uh, going to Mass, of course, every uh, Sunday, uh, but then uh, also during the weekdays if they could make it. And um, when I was a little kid, of course, uh, my grandmother would take care of me when my parents' went to church, but when they decided I was ready to um, go to church, uh, I went with them, but uh, I had a little problem uh, when I was in church. I would always face the back of the church where the choir was. (laughs) I would sing with the choir, which was okay, but uh, when the choir stopped I didn't. (laughs) That's awesome. So so my parents, uh, uh, you know, uh, directed me toward the uh, front of the church, and uh, then I got very interested in what the priest was doing, and then when I went home, I would celebrate mass Ugh. on the dining room chair. Wow. <laughs> that and, is incredible. Uh, I would um I would tr- try to mimic the priest and mm-hmm. so on. Uh so uh you might say I was uh, called at a relatively uh early age.
0: That is beautiful. Uh, beautiful. That is beautiful. So, Father, um, as, as I was sharing with our listeners, Monsignor Corbett said that you are one of the priests that he knows that just has this beautiful heart for John the Baptist. So um, why? What, what about John the Baptist is um, so inspiring or so draw, draws you so close to him?
3: Well, I, I must uh, confess that it was my a seminary professor uh, who was the preeminent, preeminent uh, scripture professor uh, both among uh, Catholics and Protestants and, and Jews for the last half of the last century, and that was Father Ray Brown, hmm.
2: oh, and
3: wow. um, he, was, um, he was a lexicographer for the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. And uh, of course um well I must admit he was the best teacher that I ever had mm-hmm. and um uh and of course he was so devoted and dedicated to the scriptures and um I think he in- inspired me uh to uh like St John and some of the information I have about St John isn't published. It's it's only in his uh, unpublished notes that he would give us. Wow, what uh, a gift! But um, uh, I, I I think that's uh, why I became uh, so devoted and dedicated to Saint John and and um, his ministry although I'm not sure I could be a good disciple of the <laughs> baptizer because he was pretty strict.
1: So, Father, I think a lot of our listeners, uh, now that you mention your your old professor, might be familiar with, with uh, Father Ray Brown. What What was it like to have him as a teacher? What I imagine it was so impressive, and you probably took in a lot of what he said.
3: Well... Mm-hmm. I was in the seminary during Vatican II. Oh, wow. Father Ray Brown was a pariti at Vatican II, and uh, for some reason or another, I had him for scripture for three years. Wow! And uh, so um, I, I, I felt I was extremely fortunate. Uh, to have, well, the best teacher I ever had for three years.
1: Yeah, that's really and, impressive. And
3: um, I would try to do my best on exams just to show him how much I appreciated oh, awesome.
1: his teaching. Ah, oh, it's a good student.
0: <laughs> that's great. You know, and and isn't that the way we're supposed to be so in love with with God as well? We oh, want to nice. do the best mm-hmm. in our lives yes. just because in appreciation for what a great and amazing God He is. So that's that's really cool. I, I just love that kind of that 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 just hit me as far as just a parallel. Just this guy was pouring himself out and all his knowledge and his wisdom um, to you guys. And in, in Thanksgiving, you were trying to pour it back out. That's yeah, well beautiful. said, Mari. Yeah. That's great. So, um, okay. So, Father, I'm I'm really curious because I love, I'm a student at heart. I love to study and I love to learn. And you piqued my interest when you said there's a lot out there that um, that people don't know because these are in his unpublished notes. And when you and I were talking before the show, you were saying, oh, there are so many cool things about uh, John the Baptizer, as you like to call him. Um, and so we would love to hear, because maybe you even have some things from Father Ray, Ray Brown's Unpublished Notes to share with our listeners. What would you like to share with us about John the Baptizer? I know you had things even from his very birth um, and, and where he went and why he was there. So we don't want to get in your way. We'd love for you to just start sharing whatever you'd like to share.
3: Okay, well, uh, as you know, um, he is mentioned in uh, the uh, four Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Matthew and Mark give us some idea of uh, the uh, beginnings of John Baptizer, uh, but Luke give us, gives us the most information. So I'm, I'm not going to go over what you can read about John in in the Gospels and in the New Testament. Uh, What I'd like to mention is, uh, or it's obvious that John and Jesus uh, were cousins, Uh, but I think they also uh, were uh, playmates uh, when they were young and got together. And I believe that uh, they also were, um, uh, you know, really dedicated contrarians. Uh, that they, um, they got together uh, once in a while and um, discussed the scriptures and so on and the plan of God. And although the scriptures tell us that Jesus was with John for about two months, um, and that includes his uh, fasting in the desert, Uh, I believe that Jesus may have been with John uh, much, much longer, uh, and more often than we think. Uh, But anyway, uh, we want to uh, talk about John very likely being orphaned at an early age, Hmm. uh, because, uh, as we read, Zechariah and Elizabeth were advanced in years. And it was the custom that this uh, monastery um, called Qumran uh, would accept uh, young uh, applicants to their monastery. And since Zachary was a priest uh, not uh, connected with the uh, immoral hierarchy of the temple— Uh, He was uh, just a priest that offered incense every so often. And uh, very likely, he arranged to have John uh, sent to this monastery uh, to uh, be raised by the monks and to be educated, especially uh, by the monks of Qumran. Mm. Now, uh, the uh, idea... Uh, of the monastery, and I like to call it the Temple in Exile, Mm -hmm. uh, because these monks for about 150 years have absented themselves from the Temple in Jerusalem because of the unworthiness and immorality of the Temple hierarchy. Now, to give you some idea of this, we have last Sunday's Gospel where Jesus predicts his passion and death, and he says he's going to have to suffer at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, And the scribes, well, Mm. he's describing the temple hierarchy. Mm. Uh, So uh, we have these uh, monks at Qumran uh, who are in, well, they are exactly opposite of the unworthiness and immorality of the temple hierarchy because they are very strict in their way of life. Uh, They're celibate, uh, they're uh, vegetarian, uh, they are daily bathers or baptizers in the sense uh, of, of being washed for internal hygiene, so to speak, internal purity, they would uh, wash themselves in their pools at the monastery every day.
2: Hmm.
3: Now, uh, when we get to the baptizer, uh, we think that he uh, was a monk at the monastery, and he brings uh, this expectation of the Messiah to uh, the uh, Jordan River, where it runs into the Dead Sea, and he practices uh, a baptism or a bathing of repentance for sin. Now, there we don't have, uh, you might say, a direct uh, reference to John being a monk. But uh, we, I always follow the idea, if it looks like a duck, if it <laughs> <threatens> <laughs> like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, then it must be a duck. Well, here we see John in his asceticism yes. um, mm-hmm. and his, his preaching and his baptizing and so on. He's bringing the... Um, the, the um, practice of the monastery to the public. Now, uh, we have to also remember this. I think it's, it's in the Bible, but um, I don't think many people know it. All of the apostles were disciples of the baptizer. We have to uh, remember that, and if you want a uh, reference, it's in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, when they chose Matthias, and uh, one of the conditions for choosing Matthias to take the place of Judas was that he had to be with John the Baptizer up until the Ascension. Hmm. Uh, So We have all this. And uh, we have to see uh, somewhat of the animosity that John and Jesus had toward the temple hierarchy. Of course, we have Jesus predicting his passion and death, last Sunday's gospel. Uh, But uh, Jesus... When he cleanses the temple, uh, and uh, we have that in the Synoptics uh, on um, uh, what we call Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday, when he cleanses the temple uh, in Jerusalem, uh, he refers to the hierarchy as a den of thieves. Mm-hmm. Now, when the temple hierarchy sends spies down to check on what John is doing there at the Jordan River, um, John refers to them as a brood of vipers. Mm -hmm. Um, You might say uh, the temple, uh, with the hierarchy, is a snake pit, and um, and, uh, Jesus uh, cleanses uh, the temple. I uh, suspect that uh, the uh, Qumran monks, and uh, of course John has been um, uh, beheaded by this time, but I suspect that they were rejoicing when Jesus made his triumphal entry into the temple and cleansed the temple. Mm. Uh, but, uh, of course, the cleansing was not complete until the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem in 70 AD. Oh, wow. Uh, so uh, we have all that uh, information, which I, which I think is uh, very interesting. Uh, but um, let's look at um, the life of, of John. Uh, where does he get all this learning? And then the question arises also about Jesus when he returns to Nazareth. Where does he get all this learning? Well, It is well known that the monks of Qumran, uh, of course, fasted and prayed, and um, they uh, labored uh, to, um, you know, sustain life, and they studied. If you uh, go to the ruins of the monastery, they will point out a scriptorium. And uh, the scriptorium had, of course, many of the scrolls, which we now call the Dead Sea Scrolls, many of the scrolls, and of course, they would have scribes that would copy uh, many of the Old Testament scriptures. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, John very likely was well-schooled in all of the Old Testament scriptures, And uh, as I said, maybe Jesus spent much more time with John and maybe with the monks at Qumran. Hmm. And uh, we know Jesus also uh, was uh, fasting uh, for 40 days and 40 nights. Hmm. Now, uh, John uh, very likely um, had a lifestyle of, uh, abstinence well as the scripture said his food was uh, locust and wild honey uh, I have tried to eat locust but I haven't, <laughs> haven't got that far but um, they say that locust is a very very good protein
2: oh,
1: sure. but
3: um, um, he uh, very likely was a um a uh, vegetarian. And um, and uh, there's some evidence that when he was dedicated in the temple, he was dedicated under the Nazarite vow. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, the Nazarite vow um, sort of has the idea of being te- dedicated to the service of God no cutting of the hair, and we read in, um, um, I think it was uh, John uh, 1.15, that uh, he has, he's not supposed to have any strong drink. Mm. And, of course, nothing to do with corpses, uh, which would lead me to believe that he would, uh, no dead animals or corpses, he would uh, be a vegetarian. Uh, so uh, he had a very, very uh, strict life, and um, and uh, he preached the truth, and uh, of course that led him to his execution uh, by uh, Herod, who also uh, was instrumental in having Jesus crucified. Uh, so. Uh, Those are are some of the things that I think we can uh, 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 think about uh, the uh, baptizer and his uh, activity there uh, where the Jordan River runs into the Dead Sea.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And we promised our listeners that they would get an amazing foundation about John the Baptizer. And Father, you did. You that just was <laughs> gave us yeah. this, this amazing. I've, I've been sitting here, Thomas and I have both have been rapidly taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: hope, wish you could go on and on. I, I I could know, listen all day.
0: I know. I hope those listeners at home have been taking great notes too. Real quickly so the monks at Qumran, were they also called the Essenes? Is that what we hear, the Essenes, Father?
3: Yes, they're called uh, the Essenes. And uh, it seems to me that they had many sympathizers uh, throughout the countryside, you know, who also were opposed Mm. to the immorality of the temple hierarchy. Mm. Uh, So uh, when Jesus went around to these towns and villages, he um, uh, really was... uh, sort of drawing some of these sympathizers with the Essenes, drawing them uh, together. Okay. Uh, so, yes, they are are the Essenes. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Wonderful. Well, Father, we have got to let you go so you can go get ready to um, celebrate Mass at St. Jude at noon. Um, but would you be willing to do a, a brief um, prayer for our listeners as we close out the session? Yes,
3: I sure will. Thank you. Okay, let us pray as we honor John Baptizer for the faith to recognize Christ in our midst. Mm. O God, our Father, the voice of John challenges us to repentance and points the way to Christ the Lord. Open our ears to his message and free our hearts to turn from our sins and receive the life of the Gospels. We ask this as always in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father.
0: Oh, that was beautiful. Father, thank you so much. And God bless you. And thank you so much for your service to our Archdiocese. We are so blessed by you. Have a wonderful day.
3: Okay, sure. Well,
0: listeners, we look forward to seeing you right after this break. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Maria McLeod from St. Thomas the Apostle Catholic Church in Smyrna, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160, The Quest. Join me on The Quest.
4: The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Abby Johnson used to manage the largest Planned Parenthood facility in the United States one day she was asked to fill in while a physician performed an ultrasound guided abortion she was shocked to see the baby moving away from the doctor's surgical instruments after seeing this abby realized telling mothers that their baby was just a blob of tissue was a lie this was a living human being trying not to get torn apart in their mother's womb seeing the reality of abortion changed abby and she was never the same. The truth not only motivated her to leave Planned Parenthood, but to also become an activist in the pro-life movement. Abby started the ministry, and then there were none, to help abortion workers like herself leave the industry with financial and emotional support. Be like Abby and boldly share the truth about abortion. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared.
0: Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta.
4: If you're enjoying The Station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. Listening to AM 1160 The Quest at home just got easier. Join The Quest with Alexa. Search for us on the Alexa app or say Alexa, enable The Quest skill. After enabling the skill, simply say Alexa, open The Quest. Now joining The Quest.
0: Welcome back dear listeners to Shelter and Peace here on your Catholic radio station, AM eleven sixty the quest. I'm Mari Cleveland and I'm here with my co host. Hello Thomas again. Clements. Yeah, yes. good to see you guys. So for those listeners who were blessed enough to join us in our first half hour, you were so privileged to hear from Father Ed Daniker, who has been a priest serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta for 56 years. Um, and as he shared with Thomas and me, he is not interested in retiring at all.
1: No, he wants to keep working. Keep That's working for beautiful God. Beautiful priest. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, so incredible. And actually, if you're near St. Uh, Jude right now, you can go to Mass at noon and hear Father Daniker. Lucky. Um, <laughs> yes, he'll be so Celebrating Mass at noon there, so um, listeners, it was so amazing, so interesting. Thomas wasn't it listening to uh, oh, mm-hmm. Thomas and I were laughing. We we're like, we could have just sat here and listened all day. Yeah,
1: that could have been like the whole program, and I would have been <laughs> satisfied.
0: <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> so as you heard, Father Daneker was talking about our topic for today, John the Baptist, or as he likes to call him, John the Baptizer, and he was sharing with us. Um, you know, he was in. Seminary during the time of Vatican II, and he had as one of his seminary professors Father Ray Brown, who was a lexicographer for the Dead Sea. St- and he had him for three years, and so a lot of what Father Daniker shared with us were um, a lot of the study, the study and the research mm-hmm. and all. Yeah. Um, and he said, I'm not going to go into so much into what the scripture actually says, although he did refer to scripture.
1: Oh, yeah. Backed everything he had like yeah. up with scripture, which right. is important.
0: Yeah, know. but so, but so Thomas and I get to go through scripture <laughs>
1: exactly. Yep.
0: Because <laughs> we didn't have uh, Father Ray Brown, um, and it's
1: surprising just how much of scripture there really is on Saint John the Baptist.
0: Yeah, there is. You just yeah, was, don't
1: think of them as much. So
0: we were laughing before the show, and I said, "Okay, I've got a, qu- I've got a quiz. So I've got a quiz. All you listeners, I've got a quiz for you. I'm going to ask it of, of Annie and and Thomas here. Annie, I didn't even introduce you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so sad.
1: Annie, you've been here the whole time. <laughs> Where'd <laughs> so, you come from?
0: Really, Annie Porter, our producer. <laughs> I just, in. Amazing. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who makes sure the board works, that you yeah, actually, actually show's can hear us. this show is live, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. When this show is live, she's the one making sure you guys can hear us here on the radio. Okay, so this is a quiz. For, uh, actually, I already quizzed Thomas, so uh, Annie, I'm going right, to this, this quiz. Oh, no. Okay, so this is so fascinating to me. Within the first few verses of every first chapter of at least three of the Gospels, okay, Mark, Luke, and John, who is mentioned? Oh, jeez. Yeah. So the very first within the Let first get few the verses. Guys. Okay, go ahead. Who do you think it is? I don't know. I'm I'm like total brain fog today. Y'all. Yeah. So who do you think the the normal Catholic Christian would say would be? Who would we talk about in the Gospels at the very beginning of every every Gospel? What do you think? I would like to phone a friend. <laughs> okay. You want to phone yeah. a friend?
4: Thomas, oh my gosh, you're right there.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I was so I'm so shocked, you know, and I was not prepared for this at all to answer this question. Me neither. But I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna guess. Is it is it John the Baptist?
0: It is John Holy the Baptist. Smoke. <laughs> Our theme for today, guys. <laughs> there you go. Oh, so funny, but I think most people would say Jesus, don't you think? Oh, for I totally sure. think that would, yeah, yeah, Like that's why I didn't want to say it because I'm like, that's that's the obvious choice, like right, you know, right. or in like mind. Saint Peter or something. Yeah. yeah. So you we know? would think, right? The gospels are all about Jesus, yeah. and we think he's the first one. But no, even before Jesus is mentioned, John the Baptist is mentioned mm-hmm. in three of those gospels, which is so incredible. And so cool. Yeah. Pretty nifty. Pretty cool. You know, we opened with one of the very first ones when we um at the very beginning of our show today, we talked about um we read from uh John one six. And that's the one where actually did mention Jesus first before John. The other two gospels mentioned John before Jesus. But this one, this is John, you know, this is I think one of the it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The very beginning of this Mm -hmm. one is the one is in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was you know
2: yeah yeah, was
0: with God, yeah, so that talks about Jesus, but then right immediately afterwards, it says, a man named John was sent from God, I was like, really, seriously, yeah, that
1: quick, and right. then in, interestingly enough, uh, the Gospel of Mark starts with the whole you know experience you know mm-hmm. with, with John and Jesus in the desert, and that's actually why uh Mark is given the symbol, his gospel is given the symbol of a lion, okay you know because he's roaring like a lion in the desert and like deserts are. Lions are, you know, they lived in the desert out there in in the Middle East and whatnot. And so, yeah, they give them that symbol so that we can kind of reflect on that.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, you're right. Because so the very beginning of Mark, it talks about, so it just says, chapter one, the, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then immediately it says, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. And this is the part you were just talking about, Thomas, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. Mm -hmm. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism. So immediately, right? Mm -hmm. That's the very first thing that it says. All it says, that you know, verse one, um, just as, you know, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but immediately it doesn't even talk Mm -hmm. about Jesus. It talks about John. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's cool that from isaiah Isaiah was written like eight hundred years mm-hmm. before all you know all this takes place and mm-hmm. and so God is already you know laying the seed for mm-hmm. John the Baptist, you know you yeah. wouldn't think that you know someone who's not Jesus would you know seem that important right and but here he is like God is you know way in advance, kind of preparing the world, you know okay, I'm gonna send Jesus, but before I send Jesus someone's going to, you know, announce him yes. to the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and I love that. And I love the way you just described that Thomas because what it reminds me of is that God has an amazing plan for every single one of mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. right? So obviously Jesus is God. We yeah. know that. So yeah. we can't be equal to him, right? Even John the Baptist, he, you know, he's like there's no way I'm not equal to him. I can't even tie his the, you know, the strap of his sandal or exactly. anything. But God had such an important role for mm-hmm. John. That even before Jesus was before born, you know, here on earth, before any of that, he already had this plan, like you said in Isaiah, mm-hmm. he was already talking about John.
1: Yeah, he's talking about John. And then he you know, in a way, just like he forethought John and, and intended John to do that, and even, you know, spoke of him through the prophets mm-hmm. eight hundred years prior, so too are we intended. Exactly. And and loved and cared for and God has a design for us, you know, that He calls us to to be a part of.
0: Yeah, He definitely does. He's got a vocation for every mm-hmm. single one Amen. of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like Father Ed Daniker's vocation, obviously. Oh, yeah. as those beautiful stories he talked about as a little boy celebrating Mass on the oh, chair amazing. of his dining room. Mm-hmm. Right? He had that vocation to the priesthood that he is still celebrating fifty six years later. This gift that God mm-hmm. gave him, his vocation. So, you know, listeners, what is what's the vocation that God gave you? And it may be what you're doing in your day job. And if that's true for you, good for you. That's amazing. But most people, (laughs) most people, it may not be, but your vocation really is to do what John did. Your vocation is to point people to Jesus because that's what John was doing. He Mm -hmm. was pointing people to Jesus. If you are a baptized Christian, if you are a baptized Catholic, your vocation is to point people to Jesus. Yeah.
1: And it it can be, you know, through words, but even Mm -hmm. your, your daily life Mm -hmm. can, you know, point people to Jesus, just living like him and being, in, in a way a symbol or a sign uh, of him it makes me think of uh I, w- I actually went on a mission trip uh to mexico many years ago and you know while i was there i obviously used my words mm-hmm. to you know tell people about jesus in the the very little spanish that i knew um but, <laughs> jesus. but everyone everyone spoke to me in english anyway like i was like i, w- I would love to learn more spanish and they'd be like okay well let me practice my english with you yeah but, and they're
0: much better than oh right, so much than- better
1: <laughs> so when I was there, uh, so we went to Quintana Roo, which is on the the west mm-hmm. coast. But we did a pilgrimage to Mexico City, mm-hmm. uh, where we saw the tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe, oh, which is yeah, like the actual tilma is more beautiful than any copy that you, like, like the, the the authentic one is. Phenomenal! I would totally recommend. Wow! And so, visit. for those
0: listeners who don't know, the tilma is the mantle, right? Mm-hmm. That that um that Juan Diego Juan saw. Diego mm-hmm. held
1: and and put the roses in, and then the the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared upon, right? Exactly. And so, it
0: has um, forty six stars. Is that right? Yeah, forty six
1: um, stars. And the, the they they were able to study and see that it was the like a replica of the exact way the stars were positioned in the night sky uh, when like the image was branded onto the tilma Oh my gosh, so it was
0: like the constellation itself. Yeah, That's exactly. So cool. and it's
1: so And there's so many more miracles with the tilma, and it, it's breathtaking to view. And I got a, a statue mm-hmm. of Our Lady of Guadalupe when I was there, and it was a, a large statue.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I had to get it back home. Okay. And the only way to do that is to carry it onto the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going through the airport, like I got my book bag on, and I'm just carrying this like fairly large, like two foot tall statue. We fly into Houston as this you to make a stop and I'm going through and like, and yeah, I I thought people were going to be like weirded out by it, but you know, people were like standing, like celebrating, uh, would come up and touch it. Someone came up on the subway, someone kissed it, this lady. Oh my gosh. And I remember I made a a wrong turn in the Houston airport and there were these three, uh, flight attendants who Uh were like, I think it was like their their break area or something, but they <laughs> they made the most like celebration. They made the most fuss about it, and they were telling about how oh yeah, I went to Catholic school, and oh I love Mary, and just, it just was amazing. Wow! And uh, you know the whole trip, the whole uh, part of the journey where I had that statue, it was just a a celebration of life and of of Our Lady, and I thought really kind of uplifted people and reminded them of of her being their mother. So it was, you know, it's a good lesson to remember that. It's not always about talking. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just about living.
0: About living. Mm-hmm. That is, I love that image. That is such a fun <laughs> image to think about. You know, we're talking about, you know, do you wear your faith on your sleeve? Yeah. You, yeah. Do you carry your faith on your shoulder? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, so for you, you're, you're carrying your faith around and, and sharing. And, and who was the number one person who pointed people to Jesus other than John the Baptist, but Mary? A- amen. And she continues to do that amen. today. You know, I'm going to actually mention this. I know we were going to mention it at the end, but because it's kind of going along with this, um, talking about Mary, you know, she keeps coming back here to earth. Cause she's like, you know, you guys have got to know my son. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to know my son. I want to point the way to my son. Every one of her messages is all about praying to mm-hmm. him, fasting, obeying him. Just like she told people at, um, the miracle at the wedding at Cana, Yeah. F- do whatever he tells you to do. That is her entire message. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking through that airport in Houston, that's what, you know, Mary's, you know, just yeah. calling people back to Jesus. You're right. You're right. She, she really is. Um, but one of the uh, a beautiful movie was just um made oh, and have you just seen came it? out. I have not gotten to oh, see it neither. yet. I'm so excited. I've seen some um previews but Our Lady of Fatima, so when she mm-hmm. appeared to the children um in Fatima, Portugal, yes. that movie has just come out and it's I think it's the first time it's been made like in over 50 or 60 years or something like that. Uh-huh. The last one was made maybe back in the 50s. But you guys, so listeners, it is available, believe it or not, it is available on Amazon Prime.
1: No way. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's so you, uh, excellent. You, you can go on Amazon Prime and watch Our Lady of Fatima, the movie. It had a limited showing at theaters around town. Mm-hmm. There were some people, some of our lucky listeners actually won some tickets to it. We oh, no had way. that, yeah. Very cool. Um, so they won some tickets. It was shown outside, socially distanced at St. Catherine, <laughs> right? Um, but now you can watch it wherever you are, mm-hmm. sheltering, um, wherever you are, you can watch it on Amazon Prime.
1: Yeah, you know what? I know we're talking about the new one, but my kids and I we love the the fifties one. That one, it's, it's so great like, yeah, with the yeah. with the like the guy who's like a, a troublemaker, like <laughs> the grown up man kind of drinks a lot, and and he he's like has this love for the children still, and he helps them, and he has that conversion at the end. Just such a touching story, really conveys the whole story well i think
0: That's that's cool okay so we've got we got off track just back a little to bit yeah, back to, let's go back to john the baptist <laughs> amy
1: um, we're trying to talk about john the baptist
2: here <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so we were talking about how the fact that you know even before he was born and this is so cool how everything the, kind of the parallels with him and with jesus because um before the angel gabriel appeared to mary he actually appeared to Zechariah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read from Luke one, awesome just story. because I think it's such a cool story um, um, for our listeners, just to be reminded. Zechariah. So remember, um, Father Deniker just told us Zechariah wasn't in the big part of the priests, right? Mm-hmm. In in at the temple in Jerusalem, he wasn't in the big hierarchy of them. Mm-hmm. He was a kind of a lower priest, yeah, yeah. right? Just every once in a while, he would light the incense or whatever. Um, and so he goes in, and while he's in there lighting the incense, at he's at the altar of incense, um, he saw the angel Gabriel. And this is what Gabriel said to him. He said, do not be afraid. So once again, the same beautiful mm-hmm. words, and even the ones that we said, you know, our um, uh, Pope... Um, Saint Pope Pope Saint, I always say it wrong. John Paul II. Yeah, John Paul II said that in some of his inaugural homilies. But do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will, and this is what Father Daniker talked about, he will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and we'll talk about that in a second. Very cool. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers toward children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to prepare a people fit for the Lord. Um, And that's what Gabriel told him. And so it's even so cool because a little bit later, which is what we're more um, familiar with, it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph. So this is when Gabriel comes to Mary. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning of that verse, it says, in the sixth month. In the oh, sixth month what, that's right? right? He's not talking about the sixth month of the year, he's talking about the sixth month yes. of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Very
1: cool. is that cool? Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And um so and that's where and it's one of my favorite my my favorite verses is uh um John I mean sorry, we're in Luke. Luke one thirty six, um, or thirty seven, and it says, um, for nothing will be impossible for God and mm-hmm. he's specifically Gabriel specifically talking about Elizabeth being uh-huh. able to give birth even at an old age, so. and,
1: and he kind of like already shows that by prophesying mm-hmm. everything that John the Baptist is going to do, like yeah. everything that he mentioned to, to to Zachariah, like John the Baptist did, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really it's amazing, and yeah, and th- actually that the the whole story where the angel appears to to Mary, angel mm-hmm. Gabriel, and and tells her that was our we were able to choose the readings for our wedding uh-huh. so that was our gospel. Oh, that's for, great. Yeah, it was beautiful.
0: That is great. So so anyway, so it's so once again, you know, he um the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah. Mm-hmm. He tells him you're going to name your son. Yes. So there's so many parallels to what happened oh, so with many. Gabriel showing up to both Mary and to Joseph, you know, giving Joseph the name of for Jesus and um just a lot of that. But I love that part about even in the womb, he will you he will have the Holy yes, Spirit, right? Yes. And we see that because mm-hmm. during our joyful mysteries, right, we, we pray about the visit, yeah. the mystery of the visitation. So immediately, Mary, after she finds out that she's going to um, have a child as well, she rushes off to to the city of Karim, where um, what's it called? Karim now. I don't know what it was called back then. The hill to, country, the hill country, right? The yeah. <laughs> hill country where Elizabeth and Zechariah lived, and where she was expecting uh-huh. John. And as soon as Mary walks in, John leaps in her womb, mm-hmm. and and then Elsa says that Elizabeth's filled with the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I love picturing that 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 image of mm-hmm. this those two women, you know, you know, re- relatives, just so enamored, mm-hmm. like with the love of God. Yeah. Well, they, they have their natural love with each other already, but then like how that's just built up even more mm-hmm. because of the Holy Spirit and like the love that He is, and just is probably just an amazing moment.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times our Protestant brothers and sisters also ask us about the rosary. They don't quite understand the rosary, yes. and they always say it's all biblical. There's nothing in that that's not biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the lines, one of the parts of our rosary, mm-hmm. right? So, oh, yeah, Hail Mary, full of grace, is what Gabriel says when he meets mm-hmm. with Mary. But then, um, uh, most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mm-hmm. And then we say Jesus. That's what Elizabeth says back mm-hmm, to Mary. Now, mm-hmm. in the scripture, she didn't say, blessed is the womb of your, blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus, because he hadn't been named yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But she says that part, and that's the part we say in the yes. ministry as well. You know, but but going, you know, kind of fast forwarding a bit, I think I'm gonna, we're going to fast forward because then we heard a lot about the middle of John's life mm-hmm. from Father Daniker. Mm-hmm. But John was called to some hard stuff, Yeah, you know, and Mm -hmm. there was, as Father Daniker mentioned, there was a lot of corruption going on, corruption going on on the leaders, you know, the Jewish (laughs) leaders, huh, that sounds a little familiar.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) A little too close to
2: home.
0: (laughs) Right. A lot of corruption going on just in the world in general and so many different elements and aspects of the world. And so John was called to call people to truth. Mm-hmm. And you think about he was from, you know, from when he was in his mother's womb, he was prepared for that. Yeah. Um, Just as we're prepared in so many ways. And I was thinking, I was um thinking about what are some of the things that when I think about words that make me think of John, I'm going to just throw out some words. And then Thomas, you can grab onto any of these words that strike you. Okay. So the words that really struck me about John, I was like, you know, pointing to Jesus. Yeah. He was very much pointing mm-hmm. to Jesus. Which
1: we're all called to do.
0: Yeah. Truth.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. We want to spread that.
0: Um, courage, um, humility, and then boldly following God's call.
1: Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, we're called to, to imitate all of those, but then also like, like John the Baptist, we're supposed to keep in mind Mm -hmm. that, you know, even if we're living that out, Mm -hmm. like things might not always go well for us. Cause look at John the Baptist, he did a great job, like, and mm-hmm. people were flocking to him in the desert for a while, and mm-hmm. you know that probably felt good. You know, hey, some of the people are, are listening to me. It, it feels awesome to to be less listened to, but then you know he, you know, calls out Herod, uh, who it was kind of you know in his realm to call out because you know people forget that Herod you know was Jewish as well, yes, and so he had an obligation to live according to a certain, to a certain way of life, and so you know John called him out and. You know he got punished for it. He got yeah. locked up and he suffered. Mm-hmm. Does does that mean that what he did was wrong? No. We can't we can't be like that and determine, you know, our actions based on, you know, whether uh things are successful or right. not. We have to do what we know is right, carry it out and if if it hurts then, you know, just take Mm-hmm. consolation in that we were pleasing Jesus, even yeah. if he doesn't go well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of people think that Herod was Roman, but he wasn't. Yeah. He was just appointed by the Romans, exactly. right? So this is Herod Antipas, the one who also, um, as Father Daniker said, was responsible for Jesus's death, and his father was Herod the Great, mm-hmm. the one who had all the babies killed.
1: Yeah, oh, right. Awful. Um,
0: terrible massacre of the innocents, right? Um, but his grandfather, so Herod the Great's father, Herod Antipas's grandfather, was originally um, an Edomite, and he converted to Judaism. Yeah, so wow. they were they mm-hmm. were Jewish, and so you know John John basically when Herod divorced his wife Mm -hmm. and then marries his brother philip's wife herodias Mm -hmm. um while philip's still alive that was against the law that was against the jewish Mm -hmm. law and Mm -hmm. so that's what john he was just speaking truth you know what you're doing is evil and it's it's even in the scripture where he he literally kind of what he says to him you know that what you're what you're doing um is not right it's evil and um it was interesting is that Herod was convicted by that and he didn't mm, yeah. execute John for saying that to him. He imprisoned him because he's like, okay, I need to kind of put him away because he's causing some uprising mm-hmm. against me because I don't want the Jews to get mad at me because yes. he knew that could happen. But what was interesting is while he was in prison and Thomas, you mentioned this, he kept going to visit him, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He loved listening to him. Yeah. He loved listening Mm -hmm. to him. You
0: know, he said that he was, he really saw him um, as a righteous man. Mm -hmm. So Herod and Antipas even saw John the Baptist as a righteous man. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really Herodias who had just, uh, was a very evil woman who was the one who Mm -hmm. tricked Herod into um, executing him.
1: But Herod is, you know, he's still guilty obviously, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, Like how many people do we know are like this, or maybe we're guilty of it as well, where we 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 encounter truth, Mm -hmm. right? But we don't fully go all in because, like you said in in Mark, it talks about how Herod, you know, feared John, knowing him to be righteous and and holy, but still kept him in custody. uh, Was perplexed by what he said, liked listening to him. but they they still held back mm-hmm. you know because he was still attached to you know Herodias or you know maybe other you know sinful things that he you know mm-hmm. liked to do, and so even though he recognized the truth mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't follow it
0: right, right, yeah, so listeners, there are maybe some things in your life right now where God's saying, you know the truth, you know what's right, you know what's righteous." Um, and I might call you to share that truth, you Mm -hmm. know, and he's going to put you in the right places to do that. And it's going to take some holy boldness. It's going to take some courage to do that. But, you know, this was in the realm of where John lived and it was in the realm of John's life. What's in the realm of your life? What's in the realm of where you are, where you might need to share the truth, you know, just real quickly. I remember a number of years ago when the um, ban against partial birth abortion was coming out, Mm, I had a friend who was a really strong Christian, but she didn't even know what partial birth abortion was. Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't know the truth of what that is. And I shared that with her and she was absolutely horrified, but knowing the knowledge of what is true, what is evil, what is, gives people the power to do something about it. Mm So, you know, so listeners ask God, ask God, what were you, what's the vocation you were called to? What's the truth he's asking you to share with the people who are around you and the people who are in your sphere, mm-hmm. um, of influence, you know, that, that, that's so important. So that's a, this is a pretty deep place to drop you yeah, this yeah. afternoon, but I think it's something good to, for all of us to think about, Very you know, good. may we each be like John the baptizer. Mm-hmm. May we be willing to be bold, pointing people to Jesus, be courageous, um, and humble, but boldly, boldly follow God's call in our lives. Yes. Amen. So, so, um, do you, Thomas, do you want to just close us in yeah. a brief prayer?
1: Let's, let's end in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask that you fill our hearts with your fire and give us the, the holy courage and boldness uh, of John the Baptist to be the, the followers of Christ that, that point to him, that lead others to him. And uh, all that we say and do in our very lives, uh, we ask that you uh, bless all holy priests, especially who are tasked with this duty, uh, and help them to, to stay close to you uh, through the hands of Our Lady. Amen.
0: Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listeners, thank you for being with us today in shelter and peace, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.